I don't know if anyone has ever watched Twin Peaks, yes, but maybe the workroom is like the Pink Lodge. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Which one is Bob though? Which one? Oh. It's literally Bob. It's literally, it's literally Bob. Bob, the Bob. Oh my God. Now I'm thinking about Bob, Twin Peaks Bob as Bob the Drag Queen. Ooh, fire girl, you better walk with me. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of BuzzFeed's The Library, a podcast with the same amount of beauty, intelligence, tenacity, charm, and humor as the show it covers, RuPaul's Drag Race. I'm your host, Jarrett Weisselman, and with me, as always, is my fantastic co-host, Eleanor Kagan. Hello, Eleanor. Hi, Jarrett. I feel like it's been ages since we've spoken. I mean, at least six days, so <laughs> it's too I long. feel like it's far too long, and I think we need to jump right into it because this was... Such a crazy episode. We went back to the past with a 90210-themed challenge. We learned a lot about our queens this week in a beautiful workroom moment. And then we had some seriously killer looks in a hair-tastic runway before a very bland, I want to say, lip sync for your life. But we'll get into all of those things. First, please help me welcome our guests. First, he's my favorite and yours, Zachary Aris. Welcome back, Zachary. What? Me? <laughs> My God, that's a good Valentina, even what? if you weren't trying to. <laughs> yeah. You're perfect. Uh, You're beautiful. You look like Linda Evangelista. So many nice things. Uh, welcome back, Zachary. It's always hey. a joy to have you here. Oh, thank you. Of course. And back for his second time at BAT, which is a sports analogy that Eleanor made me say, hey. is, <laughs> is Adam Ellis. Hi, Adam. Hi, I'm happy to be back. Thank you for coming back. I feel like we just got a little bit of a taste of you last time and we wanted more. Well, I'm... <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm feast, I'm, I'm feast away. <laughs> well, guys, let's just jump right into this. So the first thing I want to talk about real quickly is after the elimination, as the girls walked back into the workroom at the top of the show, I thought it was really interesting to see how much Alexis Michelle was like bathing in the judge's adoration. I mean, if Nina can't take a compliment, Alexis can't not take a compliment at this point. What did you think of sort of how she came back into the room and her whole attitude about the way Ross had praised her? I feel like this win is going to Alexis's head. And yes. there has we're maybe approaching a turning point uh, from where we can all tolerate it. I feel like Alexis had a couple good challenges and that's all she's going to have is a couple good challenges. I can't believe they're doing yet another acting challenge. Well, apparently, like, if you go on the Wikipedia, like, they have the names of all the, the episodes that are coming up. And, like, it looks like they're all acting. Really? Yeah, like, really? I think one one coming up by just by reading the Wikipedia description, I think, is a acting one. And I think the one after that is, like, they have to create their own pilot, which inherently... It's another challenge. acting one. It seems like, I mean, I don't, maybe it's a conspiracy, mm. but obviously, like, Alexis Michelle has auditioned for the show many times prior, I think. And maybe the producers were saving her for something, and then they essentially just created a whole season of acting challenges, similar oh, to what they did for Raja. For her. Yeah. With right, Raja's right, right. season was all like clothing Fashion. construction. Yeah. I wonder if it's also they're just trying to find more queens they can give spinoffs to and you need to be this kind of, you know, host, moderator, presentational acting queen to pull that off effectively. 
True. But you also have to have an audience that is like deeply charmed and by you and can't get enough of you. Like Alyssa Edwards and Alaska. Right. Like is right. Alexis that queen? Valentina yet? is. Valentina no. is that. There was a 9021 Ho challenge where the girls were all assigned to basically make a faux episode of a 90s show that was basically Beverly Hills 90210 meets Saved by the Bell. Uh, and it really took place in the year 1993, which, as Farah very rudely pointed oh out, was the year she was born. Stop. And I, I loved, like, Rue's, like, break of character for that. <laughs> because clearly, like, Farah cut Rue off. And just Rue saying, like, I'm going to fuck you up. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, now. Remind us how old we all are. Although I have to say, I was just a little too young for 90210. Yeah, so I don't too. know anything about that show. Yeah. Me too. I've I never remember seen it. yeah, I remember like my babysitters, like they said like oh my, uh, my babysitters were watching and I was like what is this? This is like a little too adult for me. Yeah, for us okay, it was so like Dawson's Creek, right? I think so. Guys, yeah. yeah, those are our age bracket. Right? Jared's mad at us right now. <laughs> I, I'm I'm going to quote a very wise sage and say I'm going to fucking fuck <laughs> you all up if you don't stop talking like this because it is rude and hurtful and I'm not here for this I kind of ageism. ageist conversation. <laughs> tell us tell us what your relationship is with, with 90210. Well, god, I don't feel like I want to talk to my grandchildren about it in my day <laughs> at the moment, Eleanor, but I mean 90210 was like a big deal and saved by the bell. It was like that's what you did every Saturday morning. But I mean, weirdly, I guess I need to add a caveat. My cousin was on 90210. He played what? he played he played Steve Sanders. So that means nothing to us. Uh, <laughs> I honestly I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep, I'm gonna fucking fuck you all <laughs> Wait, up, I swear. No. Jared, I grandpa, yes. I have a question. Do you <laughs> oh I'm sorry, I can no longer hear you in my headphones. Um, Something happened. Like, who's Jenny Garth? Did they really like not mean anything to you when you walked on, or have they maintained okay. such a celebrity status outside oh, of Spelling? Spelling. Spelling. Oh, Absolutely. Her show in Tori's the Spelling early two thousands, so notorious, was like so good. My, one of my favorite shows ever. I'm Zachary Quinto. Yes, so notorious. that was his first like role too. And yeah, he was straight in it, kind of, but instantly, as soon as you saw him, you're like, oh, he gay. And then, <laughs> ten years later, look where we are. Well, let me ask you guys this, you know, I mean, one of the biggest things, you know, one of the biggest quote unquote moments of the episode, I feel, was when Aja refused to play Brandria Zuckerman or whatever that old lady's name was. And it was so weird to watch her refuse to play the role, then not want Shay to take the role, then say, I don't want to be difficult, but be, di it was just like such, in my opinion, such an immature series of events mm -hmm. that she couldn't extricate herself from once she had sort of entered the Thunderdome. Mm -hmm. I mean, Zachary, what was your read on the Aja of it all? Um, there was, the read on the Aja of it all, there was, I felt like there was a lot of layers. Like on, on one hand, the exchange between her and Alexis, when Alexis was like, you have to grow up. And Aja was like, no, I don't. That pause right there, we have all been there at that point where we're talking to authority and we're like 20 and we're like, oh, you can't hurt me anymore. I'm bigger than you. And I connected with that uh, for Aja. But admittedly, <laughs> it, like, I feel this harkens back to a comment that Rue made, has made frequently throughout her career when she talks about some people just like to wear their victimhood as mm -hmm. like a badge of honor or something to that effect. And, and I think maybe it's an acting challenge. Aja's not 
a trained actor as much as some of the other girls, maybe in her mind, rebelling against it would create a shield to prevent her from being criticized for potentially not doing well in the challenge. And, you know, she got this bitchy character that Peppermint aptly said is in the last scene. Right. It didn't go well for her. (laughs) Adam, as a fellow Drag Race historian, I want to ask you sort of when you're watching the show from a, you know, a, a macro point of view, I mean, what does it say about a queen who's on the show historically who doesn't really want to like play along with the game, who seems to really sort of struggle to be just go with the flow. I mean, are these queens who historically do well in the competition? I mean, I think it depends. I, you know, Nina, Nina is struggling with the same sort of thing, but it's taking her a lot longer to, to learn Um, Part of the reason I like Aja so much is when she has these little meltdowns and these arguments with other queens, she goes through the motions so quickly. Like, she says, no, I don't want to do this. She has an argument. And, like, 90 seconds later, she's like, you know what? I'm embarrassed. That was stupid. I'm sorry. Yeah. And it's like, like I said the last time I was here, she's, like, the youngest one. She was also born in 1993 along with Farah. But had the good sense not to say it. Yeah. Or maybe she did and they just cut that out. (laughs) So... Going back to Beverly Hills 90210 for a second, the show was on for 10 years from mm-hmm. 1990 to 2000. Why would Whoa. they wh- yeah, yeah, why would they zero in on 1993 specifically? Was that I mean, like, I just was think that a really they, strong season? Yeah, I mean 93 to 96 is really when the show like caught fire because the first season if you go back is not great. But in then seasons 2 and season 3, which I believe were the years they were the same grade, like they stayed the same grade for a really long time. Hence <laughs> Andrea Zuckerman, Grandria Zuckerwoman, Gabrielle Carteris being 97 years old by the time they got out of college. <laughs> uh, but I think just 1993, it, it maybe it just, honestly, it was probably just like a random year. It's not like everyone who loved the show was like, you know what, 93 was really the business. Well, I think, I think like 93 and 94, and correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't that when like Shannon Doherty was having all the problems? Yes. And so then I mean, she Shannon, got, she got kicked yeah, she, off the show, right? Well, or I mean, you left. know, depends who's depends whose read you want to take on the situation. She says she left. Aaron Spelling says they parted ways amicably. But yeah, I mean, she did leave after I believe it was like a protracted season four. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I'm so old now that I can't remember just off the top of my head. Children, <laughs> I'm sorry, Jared. Yes, I'm not going to hold this against. No, it's fine. Um, is this why? Sh- yeah. Is this is this why there wasn't a Shannon Doherty character in? But there was. Well, no, I think that was no. Nina, that was Nina. And that's why she was like, "I'm going to go and try to play a witch." Right. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Which is kind of I, I, appropriate that Nina is playing. I loved it. Shannon Doherty. Before, okay, before we like completely go into the challenge, my favorite, my favorite, like hidden tiny editor moment happened really, really early in the episode. They're all like gathered around that table, and Alexis is talking about her sex dreams with Valentina. I had er, so many questions Sasha. about that. Hey, Alexis has been coming on to everyone, so everyone. She, is, she is ready to go. But the, my favorite part is when they cut to like when it's like, "Ooh, she done already done hair hers," is like, and everyone gets up. There is like three frames, but like as soon as they cut to the the little graphic. As everyone's like walking away, Farah trips over the table. 
Oh my god! And it's my favorite thing. Oh my god! How did she trip over a table? She, when, when she was standing up, her foot caught the leg, and they left like three frames of it in. And all you hear is as it cuts over while Rue's talking, you just hear Asha go, "Ooh, girl!" <laughs> like that. <laughs> we're anyway. gonna we're gonna find out in a couple episodes that she, she actually like shattered. Her <laughs> That's another Chekhov's gun. And oh, they're, gonna, they're gonna be like, Pharaoh, can you please step forward? <laughs> You've been in touch well, with listen, the doctor. If we see Farrah sitting in a chair, Adam, you can't come for her next time. <laughs> That's true. I felt so bad about that. I really ragged on Eureka and then... But you well, didn't they didn't know. tell us. Didn't they didn't know. say anything. Didn't I didn't know. Um, before we move on to the challenge, uh, I want to, Eleanor, take a minute because, you know, we've been really on Team Shay for quite a while now, just thinking she's growing every week and getting stronger and better. And the wonderful pep talk that Shay gave Nina during Untucked, really after the challenge, to get her confidence back. We're seeing her give Nina the role she wants, you know, and what she did with Aja this week by taking Aja's role. I mean, am I crazy in feeling like Shay is the frontiest of front runners right now to win this season? Yeah, I I am Team Shay all the way. I don't think that she would be so generous with her time and her roles if she didn't have the utmost confidence in herself that she was yes. going very, very far. She just exudes confidence. Mm-hmm. She like she has not has she stumbled once? Mm-mm. I was looking back at all of her runway looks and she hasn't had a runway look that is not stunning. Yeah. Yeah. Except for maybe this week, but no, I, like I love that one. <laughs> the swimsuit the... with a jacket. I love a swimsuit with a jacket. <laughs> That's how I. He's always wearing one right, wearing one right now. Exactly <laughs> under my kimono tearaway. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, do you guys want to let's talk briefly? I feel about this nine hundred two one ho challenge in and of itself because, like Eleanor said, I didn't really feel like it gave us a ton. Jared, I know you'll if be you with ta- you. If you talk about being young again, Eleanor, I'm going to freak I out. Because I appreciated you, I... that Kardashian musical, and I don't watch that. Well, I don't either. Me either. But it was so good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Please, this is a safe space. I'm just joking. I was just going to say that I know you are with me in this. If it was a Buffy acting challenge, mm. I would have oh. been 100% there. I would have picked up on every nuance. I would have been yeah. like, oh, that's a great play on that character or not. So I'm not sure if I didn't feel wild about this challenge just because I'm not familiar as much with the nuances of that show or if it was like lackluster it, all around. It was it was lackluster. I mean, listen, I've seen every episode of 90210 up until they graduated college and all of Saved by the Bell. And it still just wasn't as inspired as I feel like both the challenges have been this season and are historically. Do you think that that's a result of the writing or the Queen's performance? Because I felt like the Queen's all in all, like everyone kind of did a great job except for obviously Nina and Aja. I think it was, I think it was the writing, frankly. It just wasn't funny. You know what it is in the Kardashian musical the, the the show is funny independent of whether or not you know the jokes, like Eleanor was saying. And this was very much like if you didn't know the reference points, it wasn't going to make you laugh. Like if you didn't understand that Trinity and Farrah doing the pill thing was Jesse on Saved by the Bell. And if you didn't get all the low key like Tiffany Thiessen joining the show jokes and the Donna Martin graduates being drunk. Like these are things that are not independently funny they're funny in context of the show they're mocking so yeah i guess you're right like as someone who loved all of that i got it but if you don't know the show it sort of would be a little bit random i'm gonna open the table here because i actually can't 
think of a challenge, like a skit challenge, where they do hard scripts, I feel like they're always kind of boring. Has there been one in a past season that's, like, interesting? Well, they... I've always thought that they always front load those to, like, just whittle away, like... They're all team challenges mm, just to get rid right. of the girls. They'll have a few standouts. I've never liked any of the acting challenges. We had Empire in season eight. Right. Only two good and actors Bo- in that one, Bob and well, Thorgy. Bob, yeah. Yeah, there was... Um, they... even, even Bob knew how terrible that source material was, yeah. that script, and Everyone, he just went yeah. nuts with it. Yeah. There was the Shakespeare one where they did Macbeth. That and was so oh, bad. And, oh, uh, that was terrible. Romeo and Juliet. There was the Rue Hollywood stories where it's all about Merle, the judge oh, from the right. first season. I love that either. <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> that, that was a throwaway for Katya. There was All Stars 2 when they did scenes from classic movies. Mm-hmm. That was incredible. I liked that. I liked Alaska. The, sh- that... the sequel? The sequels? The sequels. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. they did Whatever Happened to Baby Jane and Pink Flamingos. Right. right. No, 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 no. It was uh, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, Showgirls, Showgirls. and um, uh, Louise. As zombies. Pink Flamingos. Pink Flamingos. There that was, was season there was, seven. There was another year, yeah. Yeah, they did a whole John Waters thing. Oh, right, 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 right. yeah. Eggs, eggs, eggs. Yeah. That was It's just, cute. these acting challenges are that was tough. That was musical, though. Yeah. The musical challenges, I think, are usually pretty good, but yeah, like just the, the just like these weird SNL skits that they're trying to do. Oh, the, the uh, horror one from season six, where they were like, one was like the 1960s. Like and one was horror. the 80s. One was the 80s. Drag and race me to hell. Gia Gunn was like, I don't get it though. Why is it in black and white? And the producer's <laughs> like, because it was like the 60s? No, I don't get it. <laughs> oh, bless but Gia's heart. Still love her. Anyway, I guess maybe the acting challenges just aren't always the strongest of the challenges. Yeah. Which um, is concerning if this turns to be out to be an acting season. Oof. I had a premonition this episode. I just saw Farah in the final three just like stumbling <gasps> no. forward to the final three. Because there's always... She's like... She's living on borrowed time right now. For sure. But... There's always somebody who does worse than her. It's only well, a matter I, of time. Yeah, Even I don't think that can been last. Saying that, <laughs> but there was—I mean, there was some—you know—there was some dead weight that ease that could have gone. And I think had the Eureka stuff not happened, mm. Farah probably would have gone 100%. that week. Well, Cynthia would have gone home that week. I think. I think that Cynthia would right. have lost the lips against Farah. But then either one of them would have went home, you know, last but, week. I mean, but I will say this, both in the challenge and on the runway this week, I was kind of here for what Farrah was serving. Like, I thought she was really funny. I thought her look was great. So I can see her being like a safe and actually make it into like top six, maybe. But there's no way she's going to top three. And then watch, I'm going to eat my words. It's be like a <laughs> Donald Trump situation. <laughs> and I'll be like, she's not going to be in the top three. Mm-hmm. And I mean, then like the, the benefit with with Farah is that like she is super super young and also she's really polished so it's like yeah. if maybe if she does start plugging in like new talents and stuff she'll go far the downside though is that she has someone who's the exact like copy of her in Valentina Valentina is also really young also super polished but Valentina is also so smart like I love Valentina like the I do too the role that she played she was so perfect for it because yep. her sense of humor has always been very Valley Girl. Like, and I love that. I love the thing that she does whenever she does her Valley Girl voice. She'll curl her upper lip underneath like her teeth almost <laughs> to give like really like tiny little like like white girl lips. And I'm like, Valentina, ah, oh, 
and the runway. It was just great. It was she was she was really funny this episode, just in like her little interview. I'm thinking about how good Valentina was too in the acting challenge and how good Trinity was. You're right. I think it wasn't a matter of the references. I think it was just a matter of most of the queens not being very good at selling the material. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, because the ones who did were great. What did you guys think of Tori Spelling? Tori Spelling. Tori you... Spelling. <laughs> what did you guys think of Tori Spelling and uh, Jenny Garth's directing skills? Who's Jenny Garth? <laughs> Jared's gonna kill you. No, like, <laughs> no. To what... be fair though, like, even if you watch the show, I feel like who is Jenny Garth was. Maybe Je- a sentiment guys. that people had. Aww. You guys, Jenny Garth was literally on every episode of that television show, and she's. What well, I can't have. The, I can't have this conversation with you Did guys. Do you think they seemed like competent directors? I um, th- I actually really enjoyed their interplay. I thought, but again, that's because I'm someone who has like watched their friendship for physicians and years. So I don't know. Did you enjoy it as not really like knowing all of the history that they have? I liked that they were like play fighting with each other. But the real fighting, maybe real fighting, was when they and Nina got very frustrated with each other. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that seems like a moment worth unpacking a little bit. Well, I have a conspiracy about it. Oh, my God. Okay. Go ahead. On the surface level, it is another instance of Nina like blowing up at people and like being super defeatist last week in one of those clips we didn't talk about it but like in one of those clips she accused Aja of stealing like her makeup of like her clown white makeup and Aja was like or she was like where'd you get it Aja and Aja's like I got it from Abracadabra on 23rd I was like that's where I get mine too oh yeah funny you said that but (laughs) it's, it's just another like instance of it but something that like really pissed me off clearly they were saying to Nina Nina, we can't understand when you sing the girl to boy. The girl ratio. to boy ratio. And right. that's a that's a tough like thing to spit out on stage. And then all of a sudden it cuts to like B-roll of them. They were like, Oh, we can't understand you. And then all you see is like um a little caption of Nina saying, That's what I said. Oh, I know what's going on here. Yeah. Clearly, yep. Nina did not say that in front of them. Mm-hmm. Because all you see is you see them for when Nina says that. And then it, the camera goes back to Nina and she's walking off set. Obviously, Nina still had her lav mic on mm. and was saying that backstage, probably POC to POC with Peppermint, saying that, like, right. of course, they're, like, talking about, like, how I speak and, like, having that one-on-one moment, yeah. which is incredibly valid. But then they, the editors decontextualize it and put it as though Nina's being, like, the oh. angry black woman. Like, right. that, oh, that actually, like made me livid. Like, Nina is being, like, awful to work with at times. But Nina didn't, like, the editors are making it much worse than what it is. And I'm thinking, like, what else has Nina said Mm. that the editors have moved around to give her this angry black person edit? If you ever ever hear somebody and you don't see the words coming out of their lips, they didn't say that right there. Yeah. Right. So the part where she storms out of mm-hmm. the set and they're like, oh, is she mad at us? Yeah. Like, that might have not ever happened. She yeah. might not have stormed off of the set. It was probably her, like, rapping and leaving. And yeah. then, you know, she was done. Something felt off about that quote-unquote fight. And I couldn't put my finger on what it was. But maybe, Zachary, yeah. that's exactly what it was. And I'm wondering, like, was she as bad as we thought with Todrick Hall? Was she as bad as we thought in these other instances? Like, right. why are they... she probably was that bad with yeah. Todrick Hall, but 
Maybe the that thing was is, the one time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everyone who's ever been on a reality show has said they can't just make up a character. Like you have right. to give them stuff to work with. And so I'm I'm totally with you in that this particular instance was definitely heightened, but I think that because she's given them so much narrative juice to go down this road, it all stems from the an, an authentic place. They're just bending over backwards to find more things to speak to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think they just didn't have the B-roll they needed for this particular episode to fit the narrative that they've built. And so they just, like, invented something a little bit. Well, let's move on to the post-challenge workroom as they're getting ready, or as we've all affectionately started to call it, RuPaul's best group therapy race. Yes. Uh, First of all, I gotta say... I, I know we keep talking about how these moments in the workroom between the challenge and the stage are like, sometimes they feel very inauthentic and sometimes it's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. And for me this week, I loved it. I loved hearing the queens talk about their parents and their family stories. And I'll tell you what, learning that Sasha's a bald queen in honor of his mom who had cancer was yeah. everything. I lo- it really was touching, I thought. That was very touching. I I think particularly because we all care a lot about Sasha. And right. Sasha Sasha is like maybe the most earnest of anyone there and the most serious of anyone there and this is me projecting but seems like a person that it takes a while to open up. Yeah. Or maybe she even sure. said that like, "Oh, I haven't I haven't shared this with people yet, but yeah. here's my backstory." She just right. seems so reserved and also I just the thing I love about Sasha too is that I love how witchy this like season has become where it's like Sasha's talking about how like her mom like passed away to cancer and she's worried about like she hasn't been able to tell her about the queen that she's become and like Aja who like we know like is into Santeria is like I do readings and we both like live next to each other I and then Sasha was like I would love that and she's like I'll bring a chicken I I I love that (laughs) and then I loved last during untucked last like week we didn't get to talk about it but when cynthia was like standing there and sasha's like i'm gonna give you energy right now and then they were like holding each other's like hands and heart and i was like this is so witch and i'm so into this like new direction (laughs) it's a spiritual season and And they they talked about they talked about how they're all having weird dreams too yeah like something's going on like they're in a haunted hotel this season i think (laughs) Like Trinity's I mean, wh- like God's keep God keeps putting me in Trinity in each other's paths. Like right. praise, this is a spiritual season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah, I'm loving it. And maybe it's just that they're all being so like open hearted and just really like sharing. And maybe other seasons have been this way, and they just haven't shown it on the show. But I mean, this there's always been gorgeous stories, but this feels like every week there's something else in a way there never has been before. One theory about that is that Logo shot this season, but VH1 edited this season. And VH1 has kind of a formula when they edit their reality shows where they have, like, the scene and the part of the episode uh, where everybody has their, like, emotional uh, conversations and emotional revelations. And with this season... like you can kind of block out what's going to happen in each episode in this way like right before the runway is the workroom RuPaul's best group therapy race because it's always been a little bit of a awkward transition out of the emotional conversation into the like opening music for the runway so Mm -hmm. one thing is maybe this this is VH1's editing and 
yeah, we've talked about before how like, oh, maybe it feels shoehorned in. Maybe sometimes it doesn't. Um, But honestly, like past seasons where we haven't learned that much about the queen's backstory, I don't tend to care about them as much. And I don't root for them as much. And I remember season five, the the, like jinx detox um, Alaska season had a lot. Everyone had a lot of backstories. Yeah. Uh, This was like Roxy being left at a bus stop. There was so much emotional stuff in that season. And then the season after that, there wasn't enough of that at all, yeah, and I felt like I didn't know anybody. Up. Yeah, the only person yeah. that we knew in that season was Trinity when she spoke about, like, you know, be- having AIDS or HIV. Not not this Trinity. Trinity K. Trinity K. Bonet. But, like, this season, it's like, that's why, that's why I'm really becoming obsessed with Trinity Taylor. Yes. Because it's like, she had a great episode again. Obviously, she had a great episode, but, but like, learning about, like, her mom and, like, you know, living, like, being raised by her grandparents and like having to drop out of high school oh, for yeah, two years to take care, to of, them take care of her. Her mom was an exotic dancer and you know, well, she was lost. I think it was to HIV, right? That's that, what, yeah. yeah complications yeah. from, yeah. Yeah. Part of the reason we're seeing this is because they don't have like a de facto villain this season. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, there's no um, Fifi. There's no Derek Barry to like draw all this negative attention to themselves and so they're like, well, what else are we going to do? Let's like let's like dig into these backstories and like have some more meaningful moments. Maybe yeah. it's in a post maybe it's just because it's like a post Trump world that they're like right. rather than it's just drag queens being petty and hating each other, maybe we need to refocus and like turn the lens onto community. Yeah, and also yeah. like, oh, reminder, <clears throat> these are real people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and if that's the case, I love it in any instance. And I have to say before we move on, you know, we talk a lot about like interesting editor choices. And I just love that in the middle of all of these gorgeous stories, they cut to Nina, who has like half a cat face on. And it was just like she had like like whiskers and a nose and like the little stuff around her mouth. And I just like earnestly listening. And I just it tickled me because I just found it to be just such a funny visual in the moment. Everyone's crying. And there's just this cat person staring at you like, yes, I, I got, I feel you. I understand everything you're saying. And I just, I loved it. I love that. And I love the end result, which we can now move along to. Shall we talk about the runway? Yes. Yeah. Let's have an abrupt tonal shift to a very purple runway. <laughs> let's start talking about cat people now. <laughs> Wait. Okay. So I have stayed silent long enough about this, but I think we need to discuss the purple lighting on the runway. And yeah, how it makes it impossible to see anybody's runway looks. It's what is so going strange. on? What are your what are your conspiracy theories about this? I think mm-hmm. that like it probably looks different in person. I think it probably looks really pretty. And then they yeah. shot all the footage and they looked back at the footage and they're like, "Oh, this completely destroyed all of our footage." I and mean, they, girl, was... check a daily, jeez. <laughs> It just makes it really hard to see anyone's outfit when they're coming down the runway. And I yeah. I think the first, like, six episodes, I thought it was just me. Oh, no. <laughs> so yeah, you went but... to the optometrist and you were assured <laughs> that it was RuPaul's Drag Race, not you. Yes, yeah, exactly. I, don't, I don't even pay attention to the looks as they come down the runway. I wait until they're all standing there together. Because yeah. that's the only time you can get a, a clear look at what they're actually wearing. Right, especially given how, like, short the runways are this season. And then you can't mm-hmm. see certain colors anymore on the runway. Yeah, I also in terms of this runway challenge, like I was really impressed by it. 
literally this is a challenge or a runway challenge that like was invented for Roxy Andrews. Um, <laughs> everyone did like pretty really pretty good, and it was like aesthetically pleasing. I will say yeah. one thing just before we get into the queens. I hate corsets over top of dresses or bodysuits. Sure, right. If you so, like, if, why? If, okay, tell us. Like, like who a, hurt you? Is that <laughs> many, what many. Cor- what did the corset do to you? I'm wearing one right now. <laughs> with the with the corsets, like over stuff, it's like when you're using clearly a cincher that's just meant to give you shape. It's not aesthetically. It's it's not pretty. They're ugly. They're not like like you know, um, Renfair leather beautiful design bustier like corsets they're kind of ugly don't wear them over your dress like it just looks really really cheap and costumey and like halloween like we know you're wearing a corset put it under something fair i was i was glad that nina got a little bit clocked by michelle also for sort of really relying on the same visual Mm. lines every week or almost every week and she's right you know and i would love to see Nina do something different. But that said, I thought Animal was very, very smart for this challenge for Nina. Mm-hmm. So just to be clear, you you all liked her her cat face? It felt mm-hmm. kind of random to me, but <laughs> yeah. I was like, more power to you because she's always random. Okay. Well, Adam, how do you feel? I mean, I, I, I'm not a big fan of her face painting things, but if I'm in the minority there, it's I I will own that. I accept that. Nina's really like okay, like Adam, like you're an artist too, so it's like she's very painterly mm-hmm. with like her edges on her makeup are loose. They're loose. That's <laughs> nice. It's, it's not very. You don't get too close to it. You just have to look at the right. piece from a distance and squint. It's a Monet. Right. It is very Monet. <laughs> It's, it's like just, it's it's like when you're 11 and you go to the county fair and you go to the face painting booth and you're like, I oh, want to look damn. like a cat. That's wow. the vibe that I get from her. <laughs> damn. Okay. So just from it from a distance, like Aja's makeup in episodes one through three. Got it. Oh. You know it's true. You know it's true. But that said, Aja, I thought this was Aja's best look the entire season. Yeah. Uh, oh, so I thought she I. looked incredible. I thought she was incredible. I thought she was she looked she was better than most of the people at the Met Ball. Oh, well. <laughs> that's a <laughs> low, low bar. Was the only one at the Met Ball this year. It's <laughs> yeah, a low I think, bar. I think year. Valentina looked incredible and Aja looked incredible. I liked what Sasha wore too. I thought it was nice to see something different. Oh in, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. that Sasha's style can do no wrong in my that eyes. That was so smart. That like weird Jane Child like super yeah. long rat and like ah. Uh, Sasha was so smart. I mean, everyone did a really good job, but like the one thing that irked me was when Pharaoh was like, Oh, I wanted to give you RuPaul and Dolly Parton. And I'm like, Mae West. You, that, <laughs> that is literally Mae. <laughs> That's why I like Sasha so much, is because she is so cultured and she does have yeah. so many references to draw on. And everything she does is so thoughtful, even like almost to a fault sometimes. Like, she she and she knows that she's in her head sometimes too much and she's giving it the Meryl Streep treatment. Well, I want to get your guys' read on this because I thought what you're talking about right now, Adam, the way Sasha responded to the critiques and saying that Meryl Streep treatment line, they cut to Michelle Visage, who laughed with her entire body in the way <laughs> you can always tell is very genuine because I found it very interesting that out of the I'm jumping a little bit ahead, but out of the bottom three of Nina, Aja, and Sasha, that Sasha was safe, whereas 
it kind of felt like they were maybe leaning towards her, but then like the way she conducts herself on the runway was so superior to the way Aja conducted herself that that was maybe the deciding factor in who actually landed in the bottom with Nina. Well, they were yeah. both difficult to work with. It seemed like Aja was probably definitely going to be in the bottom that episode, and they didn't want to put Sasha against Aja because they know how strong yeah. Aja is, and they weren't ready yeah. to get rid of Sasha. Also, this is right. Sasha's first time in the bottom. Right. She's been That's a really a point, stellar too. performer this whole time. And, you know, we don't really know how the judging works on the show. You know, to go back to All-Stars 2 for a second, something that was something that made that season so fantastic is that the queens had to get kind of meta and because of the structure of the season with them choosing the people to go home themselves, they had to figure out, well, what are we judging people on? Are we basing mm. judgments on how you've performed this entire season? Are we basing it how you've performed mm. on this episode? Do we take a little bit into consideration here and there? We don't really know if Sasha was safe this season because she's been really good up until this point and this was her first stumble. That's a great right. point. That's a good and point. Even, and even though that it was a stumble, like it's not like she did that bad. Like right. I thought that her delivery and the jokes and the lines, like it was equatable to Farah. I don't yeah. think yeah, that was was better. she didn't really have much to do right. in that yeah. sketch. She had like a couple lines, maybe. Nor Peppermint. I don't think that Peppermint one was inherently better Wait, than Wait, was Sasha. Peppermint in this episode? Yeah, Peppermint, <laughs> yeah. Peppermint, like was, Peppermint was the one who told Aja to sit the fuck down because you're being a child. <laughs> okay. That was Peppermint's moment. And Peppermint that's all I needed. cast everybody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She cast everybody at the beginning. And then she was in that very, very she first scene of that. And then she made out with Aja. And then she made out with Aja. Oh my God. So why way, and was Wait, and was so pissed about how much tongue Aja used. Remember the look on her face where she was like, Aja's tongue was everywhere and then had a big side eye. She was not pleased about that. I There's... mean, maybe that's why she cast Shay in the role originally. Oh. Ruspiracy. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Speaking of Shay, there's a shot that they cut to when Aja and Peppermint are making out, and Shay is just a gag at what is happening. And I, it was one of my favorite just cutaways of the entire season. It was pitch perfect <laughs> everything I felt in that moment, too. <laughs> Let's talk about these bottoms. Let's talk about, uh, we have Nina, well... Let's talk about the two people in the bottom. <laughs> so sorry. Let's talk about the two people who landed in the bottom, Nina and Aja. Now, going into the lip sync, Adam, who did you feel like had the edge? When it started, I thought, okay, well, Nina's leaving because we've seen what Aja can do. And that was one of the best lip syncs that I've ever seen on this show. And Her first then, one. Yeah, yes. the first one. And then Aja didn't really bring it. Yeah, I still I thought agree. she was better than Nina, but... She just didn't bring it. And knowing what she's capable of, I, it was confusing. That song is a great song. Yeah. It's high energy. It's iconic. And I, like Adam, Finally. was super surprised. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, not, neither of them really brought it in a way I felt like they should have. Yeah, and like maybe that's just what Nina does. Maybe that's the level that Nina performs at. But we know what Asha can do. I mean, we got like one aerial into a split and then everything else was kind of just like bopping around hip to hip side shuffle point and guns, which is what she clocked Charlie for doing. There were a few good moments. I mean, you're right. When Aja, what did she do? Cartwheel into a split? Mm -hmm. Cartwheel into an aerial into a split? I don't, it was something like that. We got yeah. some good it was great. Yeah. from Nina. I absolutely think that Aja did better. 
I agree. So here comes, as we all now know, Aja was the one who was sent home. And this is where I think we should talk a little bit about the conspiracy of it all. We have seen all season long, and we've talked about it on this podcast, RuPaul's affection for Nina and RuPaul's identification with Nina's struggles and Nina's story and where Nina comes from. Do you feel that this was an instance of Ru, much like in All Stars with Detox, playing favorites? Do you think Ru played favorites with Detox? No, sorry, where Detox played favorites and sent home oh, the wrong person to keep Roxy, Roxy Andrews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Sorry, I, I was not clear in my analogy. Uh, but what do you think? Do you think Ru played favorites in keeping Nina? I don't know. I mean, I think if we, again, look at the whole scope of the season, Nina has been a more unpredictable and interesting performer than Aja all around. And I she's will won say. a challenge. And she's won a challenge. Mm-hmm. She was in the top last week. I feel like Aja is very good, and I did expect Aja to go farther, and she's mm-hmm. very good at lip syncing, but I, you kind of feel like you know what you're going to get from her. Right. Nina, you have no clue what she's going to turn mm-hmm. out when she walks around the runway, and that's exciting, and I feel like she is she's creative on another level. Yeah, and she doesn't realize how good she is like mm-hmm. we we keep seeing that over and over again that like nina is incredibly talented and she's really down on herself and she's like you know she's clearly struggling and maybe that's why i feel like the editors are trying to give like the slight villain edit to her or maybe something to that effect but because she's like so humble and unaware of how amazing she is you know, it's not working as well. It's getting a different kind of character. Yeah, and Aja, these past few episodes, has faded a little bit to the back. Yeah. She has, like, her little arguments and her little meltdowns, but like I said, they she, they resolve really quickly, and there's not, there's not as much potential for her to sort of have this big growth the way that I think Nina might. That's a great point, yeah. So maybe Rue is more thinking like long term for the show, what will continue to be the most fruitful storyline potential. And Rue is really good at that. I I listened to her podcast and she had Alaska on, I think sometime last year, and she was talking about how she loved Alaska from the very beginning, but didn't cast her for five years because she just wasn't there yet and the world right. wasn't ready for her. And you that all came to fruition in All Stars 2. And you were like, oh, what Rue saw in this weird, messy queen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. however many years ago, like, it all paid off. I I trust Mama Rue. That's true. Trinity won this week. And, and deservedly, I thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was fine with it. She was hilarious, before, yeah. before we wrap, I know this won't mean anything to you guys, but for anyone who is listening, the face crack for me of the entire episode came during the critique when Tiffany Thiessen's name came up and Tori Spelling and Jenny Garth <laughs> turned to each other and said, that which we don't speak of regarding Tiffany Thiessen. It rocked my universe in a way. I was, four, I was 17 years old again. Because for, for those who don't know, when Shannon left, Tiffany Thiessen joined the show as Valerie, the like new bitch in town. And it was apparently like World War III on the set. And they all hated each other, but they've never really referred to it in such bald terms before. So those of you who are listening out there, I 
and feel the way I feel. I'm going to have a separate podcast that I'm launching next week, <laughs> just solely dedicated to really talking about that 12 second interaction over 60 episodes. It's so just please, you alone in a yeah. room. Each episode is five hours long. Yeah. So just please rate, review, and subscribe to that when that launches. Wait, Jared, is your Ruspiracy theory that they actually all still hate each other, or are they like actual oh. friends now? No, my Ruspiracy was involved with the whole. Nina staying and Aja going thing, which we addressed and I feel was debunked by a team of trained experts. So thank you. That's that's our job. Oh, God, this was just a dream, even though none of you know 90210, that is okay. I still love you. I still love you like my West Bev family. I'm not going to light any floats on fire. The reference (laughs) none of you understand, but that's okay. You're all my Emily Valentines. Again, you have no idea if that's a compliment or an insult. <laughs> I and, guess that it's an insult. <laughs> Same. I mean, it depends on your definition of, in, of you know, depends on your definition of insult, I guess. I take it as a compliment. Okay. Thank you, Adam. And as it was intended. Adam, thank you so much for coming back. It was a pleasure to hear all of your thoughts on this show we love so dearly. Please don't be a stranger. I won't. I'll come back anytime you need me. Amazing. And Zachary, as always, you bless us with your knowledge and your corsets. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Eleanor, no words. Bless you. You too. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm getting a little choked <laughs> <up> here. <laughs> you choked on your feelings. It's okay. No. Don't feel your feelings. Feel your feelings. Uh, and with that, the library is closed. I'm so glad Quintus is coming back. Same. Uh, wait, oh. wait, wait. Wrong podcast. Wrong podcast. I just want to, all I want to do is think about Twin Peaks slash uh, Drag Race, like, fanfic. How we can merge them together. Yeah, like a Twin up. Peaks challenge and all the. Man, they oh. should have done a Twin Peaks. That would have been for way all too. Stars that would have gone over that everybody's perfect. heads. I mean, Twin Peaks is already so weird that mm-hmm. to do a parody of it, like you almost can't because it's a parody of itself. <laughs> well, Katya said that her like season seven like finale look, she was like, oh, "I'm was, just really inspired by like it was the Black, Black Lodge. Lodge." I was obsessed with that <laughs> so outfit. Good. Guys, they could call it Twin Peekaroo. Oh. <laughs> it would be so good. Drag I really Race wanted to producers. have this. Hire us to make this. Um, okay. Well, with that, I mean, I have to. We have to go it on Twin Peaks Drag Queens because now we need to make it happen. I'm so happy thinking they about do, that. They should do a whole like Lynch, like challenge. <gasps> they, should. Wait, wait. they should with a racer head as one of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would die. They could do Rue Holland Drive. Oh my god. Oh, oh my god. Mulholland Drive. That's what inspired Katya to go into lip syncing and being a drag queen. Because in Mulholland Drive, when uh, Rebecca Del Rio's doing that, like that the crying Silencio scene, song. Yeah, yeah, and she like falls over, and, and it you turns find... out it's a lip sync. I'm so excited. Katya now. I'm was sorry. like, "It is so surreal that." Oh wait, no, we're wait, wrong episode. Crap. <laughs> What but, other what other Lynch movies are there? We could do Rue Velvet. Oh, oh my god! Oh, Eraserhead, Blue Velvet, Mulholland Drive, Twin Peaks. Inland Empire is the newest one. Oh. So basically, David Lynch and Laura Dern as judges, Obvi, right? Oh my god, yes, and Kyle MacLachlan. <gasps> he would yes. do it. He's you know he's a fan. I feel like they would you all get... do it. And Lost Highway is the other one we haven't mentioned. Oh, oh. Lost Highway. Of, Just I that white watched... face. Oh, my God. I watched it two nights ago. And, like, you know the famous scene with the, the man with the white face who says, like, oh, call me. I'm in your house. He's yeah. in your eyebrows. And I totally thought of this podcast because <laughs> I was like, oh, I wonder how he shaved his eyebrows off to cover it up with that 
white <laughs> that white makeup. Podcast. Now know, you know. I knew all about it. I was like, oh, his eyebrows are gone. Okay, I understand this. <laughs> Easier to put all that white face, white face paint on. He gave me legitimate <laughs> nightmares for quite a while. He was so scary in that scene. Oh, terrifying. Wild at Heart is the last one I'll mention. And Dune. All of these. Dune! All of these oh, David, Dune. Oh, give us Dune David episode. Lynch runway. Please give us David Lynch runway. <gasps> oh, I would die. That'd be David so good. Category is... David Lynch. Lynchian realness. Where, like, I just want to hear... Re- view to get that spice like I... <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. This makes me so happy. I just want to think about this forever. <laughs> Somebody would go as the cherry pie. <gasps> oh, and the squirrel girl who lives in the eraser head um in the, radiator. the, the radiator. Oh, that would be ingenious. Oh, and you that know, Katya Nina would, would just do dress it. up as the log. Just, <laughs> just the, the log. log. <laughs> Not the log lady, just, just the, the log. log. <laughs> 